This is Will Swan and you're listening to the Amber and Blue. Hello and good evening. Welcome to this week's edition of Amber and Blue. So, um, yeah, we uh, all in, all in high hopes and positive last week against our game against Warsaw, a big nine-two win against Arrogate. Thinking that, you know, I thought most of us thought we'd go to Warsaw and pick up points, but for some reason. It didn't happen, and I'm sure when my co-host joins us at some point, we'll discuss where we think the game was lost. But yeah, I mean, from a personal perspective, I have never, ever seen us win at Warsaw. Never. Uh, I think I've been about five five or six times now in total, and I have yet to see us win there. So it's it's not a happy hunting ground for me. Um, but, you know, on the other side of things, results um last night when our way um seems to be back in our hands so you know let's let's dive in i'll just invite my co-host in um who's probably suffering from jagermeister withdrawals uh one minute there we go so let's see sent I've sent you a request from Rich, so hopefully it's working this time and you've got it. So, in uh, in other news, we found an amazing little pub in Warsaw uh, called The Roost. It was well cheap. And I'm sure this would be a reflection on how much of the game the pair of us actually saw. Uh, welcome, Richard. Good evening. How are you, mate? Uh, you know... Not bad for a Wednesday. Yeah, getting there, mate. It's, it's nearly the weekend, and uh, early. I'm back at home for Salford. Aye, everyone hates Salford. Yeah, yeah, shit. Uh, so let's let's talk about Warsaw. Um, so as some of you may have seen, we uh, we stopped at a little pub, didn't we, Rich? Called the Roost. We did, yeah. Um. Quite a nice banging little pub, to be fair, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, nice and cheap. Dartboard kept us entertained for a couple of hours. So, uh, yeah, and there was I think there was only our bus load in there as well. So it made it, uh, well, it probably made it worse because you got served quicker, which uh, hammered the old bank balance. But, uh, you know, all fun and games. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I don't think they'd have coped with another bus. No, it won't. Uh, it won't the biggest of places, but no. As long as we keep finding these little gems, we'll be all right. That's it, mate. That's it. Um, so, for those of you that didn't go to the roost, basically, I brought two pints of Carling dart fruit, a pint of Coke for Edward, and two Jaeger bombs. Now, bearing in mind it was two Jaeger bombs for a fiver, that entire round cost me seven pounds seventy. It was absolutely incredible. So it will explain why we're all a little bit drunk when we got to the game. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, fair, fair play to Roost. They put it on one of the Stags pages, um, asking if anyone wanted to go down. They'd recently took over the pub, so that's why it doesn't look the nicest. But because of that, they were um, 
they make the drinks cheaper, I think. But it was all right, wasn't it, Rich? Yeah, it was a good good start to the day. Downhill after that, but uh, <laughs> a good start to the day. Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing, right? So that's that's where the day started. You know, we had breakfast at Priors. Yeah, we we talk about that in a bit, um, which is always good. And then we um, moved on to Warsaw, the pub, and then the game. Um, Rich, what realistically, when you saw the lineup, is there anything that like stuck out to you, surprised you, or anything? Um, I think I think the only thing that's sticking out to me at the minute is uh, don't get man at match because you'll be dropped for the next one. I think Ollie Clark got it at Forest Green and then got dropped for Arrogate game, and Botang got it for Arrogate game and then got dropped for the. Uh, for Walsall, I don't know who got vote. I don't think we did a vote for the man of match. Did we actually on Walsall? I hadn't seen it, but it, no, it, it, if, there, if there was one given out, I wouldn't put them when you start in eleven for uh, Saturday because they'll probably not be in it. But uh, but yeah, I think yeah. you you expect changes. Um, obviously, to to keep things fresh, I thought George Williams might have come back in to. To the starting eleven after he was rested against uh, against Harrogate, but it's one of them where when you make the changes, sometimes it's going to pay off and and sometimes it's not. Maybe there'll be less changes this week with us having the full week in between games. I know last couple of times it's been sort of Saturday Tuesday, which has probably forced a few changes because we do suffer with uh, muscle injuries and hamstring injuries and that. So that that does force his hand a little bit, but uh, but yeah, maybe it's. A, with it being a full week this week, there might not be as, as many changes. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hoping for the same. Welcome, H. Evening all, evening now, are we? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm steady, I'm steady. Very good, um, actually, after last night, to be fair. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're a good night for us, really, wasn't it? No damage, really. I, to be honest, I didn't expect Wrexham to beat MK and um, Gillingham Stockport could have gone either way, but yeah, very good for us actually, to be honest. And um, could, well, yeah, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah, definitely. H, we were just talking about the starting lineup for um, the Warsaw game. Was there anything that surprised you in it? Um, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk bad on the lineup because I talked bad about it against Arrogate, and well, we all know what happened there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, w- I was surprised not to see. Either one of Nichols or um, Kilo Dunn, to be honest, it's you. I, I feel like after watching them against Harrogate, everything that was created was through either one of them two. So I was a bit baffled, to be honest. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing for me as well. And I think you know Boatang getting that trick. I know it, you know you shouldn't always start, I guess, but. If you've got Actry, you want to kind of cash in on that confidence that he's got. And um, I, I just find it peculiar dropping in. I think the big thing with him, though, as well, was he, he hadn't, apart from sort of five or ten minutes here and there, he, he played pretty much a full 90 minutes for the first time in God knows how many months. So I think it was, well, once he didn't get taken off against Harrogate, once he, once he played the full 90, I think it was written in the stars then that um, he, he was never going to start against. Uh, Against Walsall at the weekend, but um, but yeah, there's you know there's probably like I was like H said, I'm surprised that uh, neither Nichols or 
Keeler Dunn started because they are, well, especially Keeler Dunn, everything sort of happens through him most of the time. So, uh, but yeah, I suppose it's easy to sit and uh, complain about a lineup when we've lost. And, you know, the check, the check, like I said, the changes worked against Arrogate and, you know, it didn't work this time. But I think, I think Clough said in his interview afterwards that he'd made a couple of mistakes as well. But, you know, hopefully we, we, we live and learn. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's the thing with Nigel. He's, he's starting, I feel this season, the one thing he's done that he's never done before while being in charge of us, he's started to own the mistakes he's making. Yeah, I think I think for the first time in a while as well, he's actually got <clears throat> he's actually got a squad to pick from, and you know a, a lot of the time over the past couple of years, it's sort of you could guess the starting eleven because nearly everyone's been out injured. Whereas at the minute, you know we are starting to get back to a, a squad of 16, 17, 18, where you could argue for all of them starting a game. So you know hindsight is a wonderful thing, and he's going to get things wrong and. He's going to get things right, but hopefully he gets it right more often than uh, more often than he gets it wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm not really overly fussed that he got it wrong on Saturday, um, because throughout this season, to be honest, he's got it right, and it's been the odd occasion like sticking Flint up top against Swindon, and I mean the team choice on Saturday was slightly wrong, but I'm not overly fussed about it because. He has done well, and that them changes he made last Tuesday is one of the best changes he's probably done while being in in charge at Stags. To be honest, so I'm I'm not overly fussed. Obviously, we lost the game, but it's just one of them. The ball didn't fall for us, so on another day, Swan could have had three, and we'd won this game, and we just had another masterclass from Clough making them changes to team. So. It's just one of them, isn't it? You've got to take on chin and move on. Yeah. I think, I think you know, in the grand scheme of things, I do think he made some mistakes Saturday. I am, I've, I think George Wombs is a good player and I think he should have come on at least at half-time. I think, in, in my opinion, Jordan Barry's been fantastic this season, but I... Although a 9-2 win, you say that nobody really played bad, but he struggled at the start against Harrogate. And then again, Saturday struggled. So I don't know. I don't particularly know why the forms dipped on him a little bit, but I do think Williams should have come on for him. I think, unfortunately, unfortunately, when a player's just not in a game, they're just not in a game and they kind of do just need to be took off. Like, like you said, Russ, um, Barry and in my opinion I think on Saturday Aikens should have been took off but they've both had a quality season but when you're just not in a game you do just need to be taken off and just let someone else have a run out and see if they can change the game Yeah definitely and I think that's sometimes the thing you know we spoke on here about Nigel and his favourites and you know we going on to like Boatang, I and, and Reedy's put the same thing. He came off the bench and created the goal. And for me, I thought we were a better team when Boatang came on the field than when we were without him. Um, he just seemed to, I think he's just riding that wave of confidence. And it's good to see, like, when he scored that goal against Swindon last season, he went on for a few games last season and his confidence picked up and his performance get better. Um, 
and I'm I'm hoping that's this is the start of like Boateng maybe being one of them players that just helps gets us over the line. I think it's yeah. just going to be it's going to be a case of managing him back to <clears throat> you know not pushing him to do much too soon. I mean he came on um, he came on on Saturday and and set Quinny up for the goal. And well, I've been informed, I think, by you that uh, he gave away a cheap corner for the second one. Possibly, I missed it. Um, but you know, you know, the, the the main thing for me, and we've said we've said it before, like I said, that you know, that we have been susceptible to a lot of injuries, and the fact that we've got through another game without any injuries is a plus. So you know, we've still got the full squad to go for again on. Again on Saturday, and like I say, everyone's going to be fresh. We've had a full week, full week at training and what have you. So, if you struggled to pick last week's team, he's, he's, it's going to be even harder this week because everyone's going to be knocking on the door for a start. I think. Hundred percent, Rich. I I hundred percent agree. To be honest with you, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, and it, it, it's it's a massive headache for Clough because what you're thinking about in six weeks' time is that you've also probably going to have Hewitt back and you're also going to have Johnson back. So then you're going to have that headache at full-back. There's, there's going to be headaches galore, but I'd rather have these headaches than the headaches of, well, which player can fit in at right-back this week like we did last week, so, uh, last season. sorry. So it, it's, a, it's a quality full-back. I just hope we get it right game-by-game game sort of thing. Um, but I don't. I don't think you can overly blame Boateng for giving away the corner cheaply. I just think there were two really good balls into the box that put us under danger, and there were two well taken goals by Walsall. At the end of the day, I think we could have defended our box better. But when the players put in them two balls in in your box, you can't really do much. No. So the interesting thing about this is that I watched the game back um, yesterday, and I noticed that. Like towards the end of the game, Flint kept rubbing his shoulder. Um, and the other interesting thing is Jamal Matt first off was fairly quiet, didn't really do anything. But first off, he was up against Lewis Brunt, and Brunt won literally everything that came to Jamal Matt. Brunt like literally had him. And then second off, for whatever reason, they put him up against Flint. And if you watch, I think it's just after just after half time whistle. They put a ball in box and he kind of bangs into Flint's shoulder. And then if you watch the goal, Flint doesn't really get near anyone for it. So I just wonder if like that aggravated his bad shoulder or something. Cause I think we said last week, didn't we, when Clough came out and said, you know, it was sort of a, a manage a manageable injury and you know, it would just be a case of seeing if he can play week by week. You know, I've no doubt he's probably got it strapped up to fuck underneath his shirt, but you know now that other teams know that they are gonna they are gonna play on that, and you know if they can leave an early one on him and get away with it and put him under a bit of discomfort, teams know that if you take anything out of our back line, it, you know it's it's a massive loss for us. So if they, if they can target that and make us weaker, then they're gonna do it. We you know we we'd be telling Lucas Aikens to do exactly the same if we knew one of their centre halves were a bit on on ropes. Yeah, definitely. Although. Can't ever imagine Lucas being like that. To be fair, I can't imagine him being like overly aggressive. Um, but I, I don't think we're actually that doomed. You know, do you know if Flint ever goes out injured? I don't actually think we're that much in a problem. I, I think we've got options. I just, 
I don't know. He, he seems reluctant. For me, he seems reluctant to play Maka a lot. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I thought he'd be sort of once he was fit and, and back. I thought he'd be you know straight back in and number one left back. But he seems to be finding it hard to you know drop drop either Cargill or or Brunt. So it, Cargill's sort of found this end playing playing left back all the time. But you know we've certainly got options there. But I think in terms of his, his presence and his his leadership and that, I think. You know, Taking Flint out of that squad would be a would be a loss. Oh yeah, it'd be a massive loss. But I I think I'm like Bailey Cargill's hype man because I th- I just love him. I think he's I think he's actually really really good, and I think he'd get a lot more plaudits than what he would if he weren't next to obviously Aiden Flint. I mean I've said it on uh, lower league look like Aiden Flint's the best centre half in the league, and I stand by that. And obviously if you do take him out of our defence, it is going to be a loss. But I don't think it would be heartbreaking as most of us actually do think due to how good Cargill is and I think Brunt if he gets rid of these little mistakes that he has made this season can step up and be good as well so I, I do actually think if Flynn does end up getting a massive knock to the shoulder and it rules him out for about six weeks I do I, I, there'll be an effect obviously but I think we've got the best keeper in the league at the minute and two solid centre-halves in front of him that should step in for Flint if he does go out. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that, mate. I think Bailey Cargill's having a really, really good season for us. I think so much so, like you said, if if we didn't have Aidan Flint, I would probably say that Bailey Cargill's up there for player of the season this season. I mean, I I think... Although he's probably not my player of the season, I think Aidan Flint will probably win it when the votes come round. Um, but it would be interesting to see. I think, for me, if they said, right, this is end of season, you need to pick player of season, for me, it's Christy Pym. I can, I can see that. I couldn't choose one, to be honest, mate, due to all aspects of the game. I think, obviously, with Keelow Dunn's goal contributions... You've then got Flint at the back, and then you've got Pim with some. I mean, that save he made. Um, I, I don't know if you'll realise it because we won nine two last week, but there's his save where it's gone to the back post and he's gone across his goal and made the save. I think mm. it was seven two. Yeah, it's these saves that when it comes to it and we need goal difference at end of season, you'll think that was a save that that's probably done it for us. So, to be fair, Ross, I think I think you you. Absolutely spot on with that shot, mate, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, speaking of saves, how good was Smith's save against Aikens on Saturday? He was he was unbelievable. He was absolutely unbelievable, that keeper. I could not believe it, to be honest. I couldn't. I saw it leave I saw it leave Lucas's foot. So it was more or less right in front of us. And I thought, oh, it's in. And I just saw his hand come from nowhere and save it. And I just thought, that that is a phenomenal save. It really is. That's why I don't want to take any credit away from Walsall because I think they defended really well and uh, they got the goals that they needed to and the keeper had a masterclass. So I don't really want to come on and say anything bad about Walsall because I think, although we did have our chances in first half, it was the uh, good result in the end for them. Yeah, and like Reedy says, they've got a, a really impressive home record against the top teams as well, but... I, I was quite impressed with Warsaw, to be fair. I don't, I think I kind of went into it with a bit like, oh, 
I don't know. But yeah, I was quite impressed with them. I think there's there's not been many teams this season that I've come away from and been really impressed with. But I think I think I've been slightly impressed with Warsaw more so than I thought. Um, but I mean, for you, H, who's who do you feel is the best team we've played this season? Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with a rogue shot here. I'm going to go Tranmere when we played them Tuesday at home. I just think the way the way they stopped us getting chances and then hitting us on the counter were very effective. And that's probably the... I, I don't want to sound too arrogant. As I, I mean, to be honest, I think the whole Elite 2 fan base called me arrogant at the minute. Um, but I, I do think that's the game I fear when we go up to them on a Tuesday night away from home because the way they played that game were perfect and I do actually think they weren't the best football inside we played but as in a football side that can get results I'd probably say Tramere yeah what about you Rich um well if, if we're talking any team I, I would probably say uh Peterborough when, when they came um I think it was Peter anyway um they they kept the ball well and, and played good football. Um, but if you're talking sort of in the league, then now I think I think Walsall would be I think Walsall would be up there from from Saturday. But at the same time, I think we could have easily have come away with from that game on Saturday with with three points. When you look at some of the chances that that we had, and if we'd have had them chances on Tuesday night, you probably would argue that would have scored all of them but then like Saturday it just didn't seem to seem to fall for us yeah definitely and I think it's just one of them things isn't it like you say on another day we'd have probably swanned it took them three chances and we'd have been celebrating another win but you know it, it's football I don't think we come away from it and thought I don't think we played crap to be fair I think we had opportunities but it, yeah, it just didn't just didn't fall for us. Um, I think I've, we've seen worse Mansfield performances this season where we've won. So you know, I think it's just it's just one of them. I mean, like I said last Sunday, week, we're at that point in the season now where it, it's not even about sort of performances and that. You you're just sort of ticking each game off as they come, and you know if you have to if you have to win one nil in ninetieth minute, then then you do it. But if you can't, then just make sure you don't lose it. Just make sure you keep ticking ticking that points total over. And if you can't add three to it, make sure you add at least one to it. And, you know, it'll, it'll pay off at the end of the season. But like I said last week, I think it was nice early on in the season when we are playing well and, you know, putting that run together. But now we're just... But there's going to be twists and turns every week. We saw that last night with, uh, with all the results sort of going our way and... Even looking um, at this weekend, you know, Barrow's playing Bradford. That's probably a tough game to call. Wrexham's got to go to Gillingham. That's going to be another tough game. Notts County's at home to Crew. So, you know, there's going, to, there's going to be twists and turns all over the place between now and end of the season. I think we'll do it, though. I, I stand by it. I still think we'll do it. And I, th- I wouldn't even be surprised if we won the league. Um, but I, I, I do you know when you asked me who's been the best team this season, Ross? I, I genuinely will have to go to a team who who wasn't who Stags haven't even actually played, and it's got to be MK Dons because I've watched them a few times under Mike Williamson now, 
I watched them last night. And just the way they play with the ball, obviously they have a lot of possession. Um, but you'll think, oh, they're just like Notts County. But they don't actually, they actually do stuff with the ball and it were actually quite good to watch. So, um, yeah, I'd probably say if it's the best team that I've actually watched this season, it probably would have to be us than MK Dons. Yeah, I think um, I think MK look a good side, to be fair. But like you said about like sounding arrogant and stuff like that, I mean, some people will listen to this and think I'm being arrogant, but I do not think there is a better team in this league than us. Like, we've played everyone but MK, and although we've lost games... I don't think any team's better than us. Last season, we saw Salford tear us apart. We saw Swindon tear us apart, which both looked better teams than what we were. But this season, I don't I don't think anybody's looked anywhere near our level. And yeah, Stockport top and Wrexham have thrown money at it. But none, none of them play football how we do. We, we've shown that to Stockport twice. Um, I, I just think that we, we probably are the best team in the league. Whether we win it or not, I don't know. But I do genuinely think that I think this is the year we probably go up. Yeah, and, and I agree with Rich now, to be honest. like As much as I love watching this style of football that we do play, um, I just I, I couldn't even care less if we re- resort to hoofball and it comes off Aiken's arse and we go it and win 1-0 in the last minute for the rest of the season. Like, I really could not care less if that's the way we win games anymore because three points is three points and who at the end of the season is going to go, oh, well, Mansfield didn't serve it. But because no one will, because the actual season we've had this season is unbelievable. And that's why after losses, I mean, Russ, you'll know, and Rich, you'll even know, last season when I'd come in there after a loss, you'd think the clubs fell apart. But this season, I'm just a bit like, well, it's a loss. Move on to the next game and we move and we try and get the win. And on Saturday, I am a bit nervy going into it because of obviously what they did to Barrow. But I'm still confident. And this this time last season, I'd probably say we'd lose on Saturday. But I'm sat there thinking, well, bring the game to them. Let's have them. Yeah, it's... Um... It's interesting. I'm. I'll be honest. Salford are what? Are they on a eight match unbeaten run now? Is it Correct. eight? I could have. Well, I can see the last. They haven't. They've won three of the last. They're unbeaten in the last six at least, and that's including playing Bradford away, Crew away, Wrexham. Yeah. They're unbeaten on Newcastle. They've, they've yeah. played. They've played some good teams. Yeah. It, it's certainly not going to be. It's certainly not going to be an easy game, um, and Salford just—they're just one of them teams, aren't they? And I think I've said for a bit now that a lot, a lot of the games that we've got remain, and I think the majority are home games. So our home form is going to be crucial in terms of you know what what happens for the rest of the season. So there's no better place to start on Saturday than uh, picking up three against Salford. Yeah, Rich, yeah. It's um, it's eight out of our last fourteen are at home. Yeah. yeah. So you know it, it's going to be, and 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 so I think some of them are against teams from pretty much near near bottom in it. Forest Green, Crawley, and what have you. So uh, and Salford Bobbers, I think they are uh, they are on the rise a little bit at the minute. But uh, yeah, I think the home form is going to play a massive part in uh, the rest of the season. 
Yeah, I, th- I think so and all. I mean, Reed has made a good point that the depth in this squad this season is uh, unbelievable. Making any changes doesn't weaken the team in the slightest, which is something we haven't had in a long time. He's, I mean, he's got a valid point there. And uh, Hewitt to return, I think, will get us over the line. The lad is quality and we probably forget how good he is. Um, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, I, I genuinely think, I know this sounds like, confident but I think if we beat Salford on Saturday I, I genuinely believe 100% we go up I think it's it's teams like Salford that we haven't we've always struggled to put to bed and they've always kind of screwed us up them arrogant so I'm just fairly confident going into it I think I am a, I am a bit worried because their form's good I mean look, looking at the last six games the wins have come against Crew Barrow and Wrexham but they're all teams around us so hopefully that that does us a favour and they have a bit of an off day on Saturday I mean Harrogate were the uh, form team and uh, look what we did to them famous yeah. last words that I'm speaking right now but fam- but look what we did to them 9-2 oh, I, I can't get over that to be honest what are we 8 days on after yeah start, yeah just you just don't sometimes you just don't know where it comes from I mean like me and Richard were talking about it last week. Like, I mean, I wonder what odds you'd have got if you'd have said Boateng to get a hat trick. I think it must have been in five hundreds. I mean, I look every week for Aikens and it's hundred to one, and that's our striker. Like, I always, I always put a quid on Aikens to get an hat trick, just, just in the out because he's not got an hat trick for us yet. I don't think. So no. I'm just hoping one day. And to be honest, I'm hoping it's Barrow or Wade. To be honest, uh, just a. Uh, just to finish it off, but um, yeah, I, I always have a look, and I think our midfielders are normally about five hundred to one to get an hat trick because Sky don't actually do like proper odds for League Two. It's just dead weird. They just put like hundred foot strikers and two fifty for for certain like attacking midfielders, and then it's like five hundred foot midfielders. Then defenders, I don't think they even give odds. Wow. Um. That's interesting, then. I might have to chuck some money on that. Uh, Reedy's put about Sky Sports. Um, maybe they know something we don't, putting us on March. Obviously, it's international break, isn't it? But I did look when that game came up, and I thought, what, what a strange game that is to put on. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought Harrogate versus Bradford, you know. I just, I just genuinely thought, you know, because Harrogate's never had a home game. Sky Sports, so it makes sense. Bradford's in a playoff spot, uh, in contention for a playoff spot. So are Harrogate. It's a local derby, and it's already at one o'clock. So that made sense. But look, I'm not complaining. Extra TV money and uh, extra money to spend in League One. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just looking. They've like um, they've uh, got. Not Notts and Salford as well. I'm surprised they haven't put Salford on. It's an international break and Salford aren't on. I think they're fed up with people. Comp- this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com. Visit to download your spaces today. i about it, to be honest. Yeah. They've, um, also, they've also got Stockport MK on at court past five. That'll be a brilliant game. That'll be, if I'm not hammered, that'll be a game I'm, wa- I'm watching, to be honest. But I can't guarantee I won't be hammered at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. I think same for us, to be fair. But, um, yeah, Rich, what do you think to us uh, being on Sky, then? 
Hey, I'm fuming, mate, because I'm work. What? They brought it forward, and not I was supposed to be at work till two, so now I'm going to miss it. So, to be fair, oh, at first, I was buzzing, because I thought, you know, like, the egg shed about getting extra money in and, and things like that, and then it dawned on me when about 11 o'clock last night, I thought, bollocks, I'm at work, and it's an half oh, kickoff. so... What? Yeah, but you're ill that day, aren't you, Rich? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might be. <laughs> Yeah, bad, badly. Yeah, Jaeger poisoning. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, you know, I think there's no point to be, like, upset or disappointed with a with a loss at Warsaw. It's, it's never nice to lose. But, to be honest, at least we're not coming out from this game going, we're absolutely dog shit. Where do we go from here? We have the chances. We just, it just didn't happen for us. I don't know. I don't know, Russ, but that's some of our fans were acting on Facebook and Stagsnet. Um after Saturday, it's an absolute disgrace. And I think some people actually need to open their eyes and see what's happening because the the title, not even promotion, the title is still on still in our hands. And I, I I didn't really want to make a dig on it, but you go on Twitter and everyone's positive in the well the Mansfield fan base. But then you go on Facebook and you think the world's going to collapse. Um, it, it's an absolute joke to be honest. I think some fans just need to open their eyes a bit. Yeah, I mean, Stagsnet is the absolute bane of my life. Honestly, you, it's just such a negative place. I have got no idea why so many negative people just go to that one place. Like, literally, you could go on there and have a look and you'll find somebody moaning about something. It's just, it's such a weird place. And then they all fall out with each other, literally over nothing. It's like, these different different opinions and then they all start arguing with each other. I don't I think for me personally, with the rise of Twitter, Facebook, stuff like that, I think Stagsnet's become probably outdated now. Um a little bit. And I just think, yeah, it's just it like the fir- the first ones I think there's like like they've still got and and this is the thing, right? We talk about Notts County on here when we play them or when they play someone that's near to us in the league. There's like a fucking, what, 40-odd page thread on there about them. Like, who wants to go on a Mansfield Town-like website and then talk about Notts County? I genuinely don't understand it. It's it, I don't get it, Russ, to be honest, but I'd just rather focus on positives right now. If it, if it were up to me, I'd get rid of Stag's net right there and right then. But, you know... Um, Everyone's open to their opinion, um, whether their opinion's right or not um, is another question. But I don't really know. I, I, I can't get my head around it. But the main thing is let let Nigel and lads do the talking on pitch and uh, we'll just sit and observe and uh, see what happens at end of the season. I don't think anyone can actually predict what's going to happen between now and end of the season. And if someone tells you, yeah, we are definitely doing this, then they're wrong. Because we know how League Two works. I mean, it only told you to look at the playoff race, how unpredictable this league is. And I think I'd rather be in this position where it is unpredictable and and I'm enjoying watching the league than sat there, oh, well, this is too predictable. What's going to happen? Yeah, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? I'm, I mean, I know we're slightly biased because we're in this league and we're in which out, but I think this is probably one of the best leagues in England at the moment, when you go looking at all the other leagues and how they're panning out, I think for closeness, I mean, like, Notts County are, what, 
10th now, but like a win takes them straight back in the playoffs. I think, was I looking at it last night and where it was crawling in playoffs as well? Let me bring yeah, up no. yeah, no, there's, the there's three. There's three points separate seventh all the way down to 16th. So yeah. And so that, you know, that shows you how tight it is. And like you're on about the unpredictability of it, none of the top 12 have won their last league game. They've all either lost or drew. So, you know, that, that shows you there's, there's plenty more. You know, well, we've still got 14 games to go. Some have got 13, but you know, there's there's plenty more twists and turns in in this season yet. Just enjoy the ride, lads. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, like Craig put Boatang was 400 to one on Saturday to get a hat trick. I know it was down. It was down to eight to one at half time, but that's probably because he already had two. Yeah, and then. Like Reedy's put Twitter's bang on with lads on here, odd couple that call him McLaren, etc. Facebook and all the happy clappers on Stag's Net get a grip. Um, yeah, it, it is though, isn't it? I think the thing is because we're doing well on pitch, people just want to moan about something else, so they just find something to moan about. So, to be fair, I do moan about the pies a bit too much on here. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> the pies are mate. Yeah, <laughs> like literally. Yeah, I could literally do an hour on probably the price of a pint at Sandy's and the food at Stag's. £5.80 for a Guinness in Sandy's, you know. I found that absolutely mental. Yeah, who's paying that in Mansfield? I'm not... I'm not actually over that overly that bothered, mate. To be honest, it's a it's a it's a massive price, but you know what? Like I said about the TV money, if it gets us a nice striker in League One, or well, I don't even think we need a striker at this rate, but a nice decent player in League One uh, next season, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, Lee Gregory could come through the door, I guess. They'll got... stop that. We've only just uh, finished doing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> start that one again. It's only twenty first of February. Well, yeah. I was I was going to start the Dwight Gale one, but he's he's gone to Derby now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I've um no no I've just seen um Lee Gregory go past my ass. He said he's signing for Stags right now. That's it then. Look, he's on his way. Look, he's brought out his Sheffield Wednesday contract, and uh, he's on his way. Wants to come <laughs> to League One. No, it's just mad. Do you know? Apparently, one of the reasons that Dwight Gale has signed for Derby is because they've got one of them. Is it padder centres or whatever they are? You know that thing that we're building? Really? Yeah. Is there, apparently, he's there every week. Like, I've got friends that are Derby fans, and they were, like, posting in Derby groups that they'd seen his car again at DW because there's, there's apparently one of these centres there. There's one at County, there's one at Derby, and there's going to be one with us. And apparently, there's a lot of players that play it. Aidan Flynn and somebody else at the club. I think it might be Ollie Clark, but it's definitely Flynn they play it quite a lot together. Oh, so that's why Flint signed a new contract. There we yeah. go. All makes sense now. All makes sense now. There you go. Look, you what you watch when they open it, you'll see him cutting ribbon. You'll be like, why is he cutting that? You'll see him you'll see him miss kickoff because he's too busy playing a game in Battle Centre. Yeah. There's quite a lot of footballers that like are big into it though. I think is it Zatan Ibrahimovic is into it as well. There's quite a few who you wouldn't expect that are bang into this thing. I don't even know what it is. I just thought it were like ping pong, but apparently not. Um, I've got a, I've got a decent question. Do you think if we actually go up, we get like some like small little stand, 
And I don't want to talk about the stand because we do over do we actually think we'll get a stand if we get promoted this season? Because we are selling out so much recently. It, it, mm. We're not selling out, but near enough all tickets going recently. And I think, obviously, if we get promoted, the amount of good games that there'll be next season, I, I can see I can see why they could put, like, just even, like, a thousand standing in, in Bishop Street. But I think that's too much work, in it, to do? Yeah. Do you know what, genuinely? I mean, Rich, what would you do with it? What, Bishop Street? Yeah. Well, it wants blowing up or taking down or, or whatever first. Um, like I said, I don't know how safe that, that structural thing is, but it looks ideal down that side just to make it like a terrace and sort of standing. I don't know what rules on that are, but other grounds seem to to get away with it for, for terrace and that. And then you could potentially put give that, give that side to the away fans and then open up North Stand for the like the full North Stand for mm. home fans rather than just sections of it but I, I, I think, don't I don't think that'll be a priority if they go up no uh, I don't I, I, I think don't. it'll be I think it'll be if we go up and stay up then they'll sort of look at it but I think if we go up I think they'll, they'll focus all the efforts into making sure that we we sort of stay up and don't come straight back down We've sold yeah. a lot more for Saturday in, uh, in North Stand than what we did for the Tuesday night games, which is really good to see, to be fair. I think the yeah, thing that backfired with that as well was the first time they were going to do that was going to be was it the Forest Green game on the Saturday at home and then it yeah. got postponed to the Tuesday. So I think a lot of people probably had refunds or just, just didn't bother going when it gets moved to a Tuesday night. So I think this is going to be the first Saturday game where they've actually opened it. So hopefully, hopefully it's full and then it, it might encourage them to do something with it but I, I don't think it's going to be a two minute job yeah I think it, I think you're absolutely spot on to be honest Rich yeah. I think we need stability in League One and then we'll do it um, yeah. but how good is it if we do get promoted next season just to see a full field mill home and away I'm, I'm looking at League One attendances now average attendances away and some of them will just fill out our away end and just having a full field meal, like more than just like three times a season, is going to be unbelievable to see. To be fair, yeah, I'm, I mean it's going to be like for me with Bishop Street, I would just rip the roof off it, rip the seats out, and have it as like concourse standing, uh, uncovered standing. Stick away fans there. Um, sounds harsh, but let them get wet through, stood up. Um, Obviously, you'd have to put some seats somewhere. I don't know how that'd work. Maybe, maybe that last block of the north stand, yeah. Give them like a block or something, and that's for you, like disabled or elderly that can sit down. I think we've um, got a bit of the youth team in a block at the minute, haven't we? Yeah, fun. yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, these ways, but you know, the good the good thing is that we're talking about like games that are selling out, and like like Ash put in the comments, but. You know, Quinny wanting to make Phil Mill Fortress Mill. You know, when Nigel first took over the club and brought us up from like relegation to playoff final, we pretty much had Fortress Mill. We we've lost it for a couple of seasons, but I think now with Quinny openly talking about it, I'm hoping that the fans that do kind of get on their backs after one round pass is kind of like I'm hoping that nine two win at Harrogate has kind of settled all the naysaying home fans down and they just turn up Saturday and get behind them 
the atmosphere. Because not every game at home is going to be a classic. Some of them are going to be absolutely crap. But I mean, as long yeah. as you're still picking up points. I was in the R for that Tuesday game, and that's the best Tuesday atmosphere. I think I, I know we won 9 2, and it's going to be. But I think that's one of the best Tuesday atmosphere I've seen since that first season back um, after COVID. Um, to be honest, it, there were just chants for every player. Even Boateng got his own new chant. Um, and it, it was really good to see. And it was like going back to the first season after COVID again. And I re- to be honest, it was really good to see. And I think, you know what, if I, 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 if we go up, I really would like to see something done with Stephen Quinn if he does retire. Because that guy, he came in um, halfway through Clough's first half a season. Uh, where we were rotting at bottom of the league. Well, not bottom of the league, but rotting near towards the end of the bottom of the league uh, during COVID. And if we go up and he's retiring, I would really like to see him around the club because his passion for this club is absolutely unbelievable to say, what, he's only been here for three, is it three and a half years or two and a half years? Yeah. The guy's been incredible. And the way he speaks about us fans is, is absolutely immense to be fair and it's, it's everything you want in this small we are a small club it's everything you want in a small community club and the players the players and the fans this season seem to be actually quite united um i know this talks about Aikens never celebrating with the fans and stuff like that but who cares i mean he literally had that chat with quinn saying how good it is that the the players are bringing the community together so it, I, I i can't actually like the feeling around this club at the minute is unbelievable, and I I really can't wait to enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, the same. I mean, the thing is, I know people are saying about Aikens not celebrating with the fans and stuff like that, but like we we spoke about it and stuff like that. But when when he came, he got some really really harsh criticism, and even when he was playing well, there were a lot of fans that were on his back slagging him off, and I think he just. You know, you're a human being at end of day. Maybe he just thought that, well, why should I go over and celebrate with them when they've been saying A, B and C about me? You, you just don't know, but it's yeah, nice he that... Was booed like, on. He was booed onto the, the pitch at one point. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember it. There is a bloke behind me. So he sits probably three rows behind me. And if Aikens doesn't win a ball or complete a pass... He's on him straight away, calling him Bambi and stuff like this. And it's like, if anyone else makes a mistake, says nothing. But it's like, for me, it's like he must just come just to slag him off and then just go home. See, he doesn't, he doesn't cheer him on. He doesn't, he doesn't get behind him. Um, he just seems to just slag off Aikens and then go on. It's, it's strange to be honest. It's, it's like a chat I had with. Uh... No elite look the other the other night. It I don't if people have played played badly, I don't mind people being constructively criticizing, but calling them like wank and stuff like that instead of like actually being constructive by by saying, Oh, he could have done he could have had a better first touch or he could have done he could have scored that, etc. Instead of just going, Oh yeah, he's shit, he's wank. Because that's not the true story. I didn't think Aikens had a good game on Saturday, but I'm not going to sit here and go, yeah, he's shit, because that'd be lying. It's just like, it's absolutely stupid because the guy's been phenomenal this season in my eyes. And um, 
I, I, I think people need to actually open their eyes and just not reflect off one game, which I think a lot of people do at the minute. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, wouldn't you, Rich? Sorry, I was miles away. I was trying to sort of something else out. So I completely <laughs> missed whatever the point was. So if anyone wants to repeat it, you can. Yeah, no, we were just saying about people like getting on at players and stuff like that. And like, obviously, you're a big oh, Boa yeah. fan, so you, well, you quite... I think we've, we said it a few weeks ago, didn't we? And, you know, the, the, big, the big sort of... Uh, Example for that for me is um, Christy Pym. You know, at, at the start of the season, there was people saying, you know, there was some that really wanted him, that there was some that would, you know, take him or leave him, and there was some saying we could do loads better than him. And I think when when players know that fans aren't particularly fond of them, it, you can you can see it sort of affects them. But I think ever since the Chef Wednesday game in the cup, where he, you know, made them saves in shoe and what have you, and, and People actually started singing his name and getting behind him. I think since then, you know, and you know, pretty much every game now that you know, at some point, the Christy, you know, everyone starts singing for Christy Pym, and you know, look at the form he's had this season. I'm not saying it's solely down to um, fans chanting for him, have you? But I think it, it does make a difference when the players know that you know the fans are behind them. Yeah, definitely, and I think I think on Saturday as well. I think everyone's going to be. Um, massively behind them I don't think there'd be that negativity so I think you know I think we are going to need fans to be behind players even if they have poor games like like you say we we spoke about like um, Aikens not playing well um, Barry had an off game Saturday as well so I think we just we just need to get behind them don't we Rich yeah definitely you know the, the, the fans will play a part as well between now and end of the season you know backing them there's going to be players make mistakes you know Nigel said himself he, he's made mistakes with selection and what have you, but you know, all the fans can do is like Quinn said, make make Field Mill a, a fortress and, and get behind them from start to finish, treat every game like it's a cup final and do what we can to help them get over the line. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So as we start to wind down now, um H, what do you think the score's gonna be on Saturday? Um you know what? I, I don't really know. It all depends which Salford team we see I, I don't think we'll lose on Saturday regardless of what Salford team come out um, I, I think it'll, I think we'll win 2 I'm going to go 3-1 3-1 I'm going to go 3-1 I think we'll score a few on Saturday um, to be fair um, Ross I was just about to ask a question What? how many points do you think we'll get in our next five games Oh, we've oh, got Salford good. at home, obviously. Newport away. We've then got, I think it's MK, MK at home on a Tuesday. Then Swindon at home, and then Bradford away. Tranmere away. Uh, Tranmere away. Sorry, yeah, Tranmere away. That's it. Uh, I've already got my answer for a question. I've already answered this before in another space, but. I, I I think we'll get. I think we'll get twelve. Uh, no, I was, I was I was just about to say ten, ten or eleven, roughly, yeah. around that ballpark. I've got. Bear with me. I've got eleven. I think we draw Saturday, 
I think we beat Newport, MK and Swindon, and then I think we draw with Tranmere on a Tuesday night. I, I, th- I, think, M- I think MK will be... Out of that batch of fixtures, I think MK Lons will be the toughest game that, see, of, that, of that group of five. See, I don't. I, I think MK is the fans' game. I think this is the one where the fans will get behind. Because of what happened with MK last time, on all the problems and the fighting on the pitch and stuff like that. There's already that little bit of an atmosphere. I think the fans get massively behind the team. And I think that one, out of the next five games, that one will probably be our most comfortable win. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we'll be MK. I've obviously said I think they're a good team. But like you said, Russ, whenever we've played a good team this season, I think we've always put in a good shift. I mean, you look at... I mean. Obviously, crew are up there and they've managed... We've not beat them this season at the two games we've played. But other than that, when we've played a good team, we've seemed to turn up. Um, Stockport we beat twice. I mean, Barrow we beat at home. County we beat... Um, Harrogate we beat 9-2. They're up there. Wrexham we drew. Um, who else have we played? I'm forgetting someone, surely. I'm definitely, I'm definitely... Yeah, beat Barrow. Uh, we've we've always played well against these good teams and always put turned up. So I do think we will beat MK. I just I just think they are a really good team on the ball. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you'll probably see a really good game of football um, when we play them as well. Um, so yeah, it's one of the games to look forward to. Um, so Rich, what do you think the uh, score is going to be, mate? Uh, I'm gonna go two one Stags. Oh, that's a good chat. So, it really reckons we beat MK Dons and Salford heavily. Swindon, we win. Draw at Newport and beat Tranmere. So, I mean, you know, we're all pretty confident. So, which is good to see because, like, nobody's like massively negative or anything like that. I mean, I think. Probably Saturday, we'll probably draw 1-1. But I think then we'll probably just start that run again after a defeat. Um, it's just just important not to lose Saturday, I think, personally. Yeah. I'd take a draw and won't be disappointed. Well, um, um, I saw something earlier that said we'll need... Is it 22? We'll need 82 points, so 22 more points out of 42. If we go yeah. off what we're saying, so we were the lowest, was it 10 or 11? We'd only need 12 more points to get no. notion if that's what happens yeah so I think you're right mate I mean I said at the start of the year so I said on my birthday New Year's Eve when I was drunk we needed 10 more wins and we've got one two three four so we've had four so I I'm saying if we get another six wins I think that's us up I'd have to agree with how many um, with how many teams are actually dropping points to just like like uh, Richard said earlier. Due to how unpredictable this league is and how many teams are just dropping points just randomly, it I genuinely think we'll need less points than what it has been recently, which is the eighty-two point mark. Um, and to be fair, I genuinely can't see how we don't do it, which is always famous last words. But yeah. I don't see how we don't do that, to be honest. No, I, yeah. I mean, it'd be so nice. I mean, you don't want to look into the future, but 
some of some of the teams we could play next season and some of the places we could go is absolutely like it, it's mouth watering in it when you've done ten years at League Two. Yeah, I mean Rotherham are pretty much down in Championship. That's forty five minutes across the road, and I know and I know for a fact their away end holds about two point five. Um, 2,500 and I imagine we'll sell that out because obviously how close it is to us. Just imagine yeah. that away end next season is just phenomenal. But we've got to get it done first. I am confident yeah. we'll do it, but um, yeah. These yeah, away and... days are in my head now and I, I hope we just get it over at line. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same, mate. I was looking at, like, stuffed as it was, I was a bit bored last night. I was looking at the championship table. Rich, if you had a look at that championship table, uh, not recently. Well, so you've like got, so you've like got like th- relegation threatened teams, and like you've got some like right. You could have some right banging games next season. Millwall, so Millwall, like, QPR. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you imagine Mansfield, Millwall? No, I'd like Jesus. I think I'd be scared for my life, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be balmy, wouldn't it? It'd just be balmy. It'd probably make MK look like child's play. What about, then, what about a wet and windy night in Stoke, lads? No. I know. Can you imagine? Uddersfield's got a cracking stadium, you know, and then you've got like Rotherham. That's not a million miles away. Chef Wednesday, we've already been there, done that. And then you could end up with a trip to London to QPR. So, or a trip to know, Swansea. You, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Luke yeah, you know, so it's it's all it's all shits and gigs until we've got to get up at three o'clock in the morning to get down to Exeter for a three o'clock gig off. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's gonna be a long day. Just remind me to book a toilet to book a bus with a toilet that day, Rick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I'm gonna start winding down. Rich, who's your player to um watch this week? Uh, well, considering they've got the league's tech- second uh, top goal scorer and uh, Matt Smith, I'm going to go with Aidan Flint or Lewis Brunt, depending on who he's up against. But I think keeping him quiet is going to be key on Saturday. Oh, Captain Obvious over here, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's good shot, mate. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know who he's picking this week. So this week's because he's good, Edward, is. Um... Quinn. Quinn. Scored. Because he scored. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. You're going to have to get better at this, dude. Oh. You can't just keep getting at people because he scored. What was he meant to do? I don't know. Have a look. There you go, look. look. So, we've got Stephen Quinn this week, Boatang last week. So, I can guarantee you next week, whoever scores will probably be because he's good this next week. How not much be. That? I bet you. I bet you're fiver. 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 That's yeah. how confident I am. We're going to um, get back around to a goalkeeper now, surely. Yeah, yeah, we've got to at some point. <laughs> it's going to be Tom but, Nichols this week. I've got a feeling he scores. I've got, I've got a feeling Swanee scores this week. Oh, I don't. I, I, I hope you don't drop him. I really hope you don't because I love, I love Swan and I thought he looked sharp on Saturday. To be fair, I know he did. Yeah. I know he should have took his chances, but he he's, he's, so he's getting in the areas and he's, he's actually having a go and. And you can tell his confidence is back. I know it didn't fall for him on Saturday, but you you can tell he's sort of back to his confidence levels. It's just about you know sc- scoring uh, scoring some goals. 
it, it looks so good to see as well, doesn't it? To be fair, I really like watching Swan at the minute. He's he's playing unbelievable football. Yeah, yeah. He's. He, I'm I'm quite impressed with Nichols, though. To be fair, like really impressed with him because I think like I know we like to put Aiden Flint up front for corners and stuff like that. But if you watch Tom Nichols on that box, um, when a corner comes in, he's he's everywhere. As a defender, he'd be a pain in ass because he he's in front of you one minute and then he's gone and you don't know where he is. Whereas I find sometimes with Flynn, he just always goes to back stick. Um, he's scored a fair few headed goals as well in his career. Yeah, I think he's quite an intelligent player, you know. He is. I think well, he is, yeah. He, he might not get you like 20, 30 goals a season, but I think... I think when Stags put that video up signed him, like all the goals that he'd scored out of his career, I was surprised by how many he's uh, knocked in with his head because he's, yeah. he's, he's not the physical presence that... He, you know, height-wise, that you would expect to keep banging in with his head, but it seems to score both feet and his head. So it's his movement. His movement is, and to be honest, when as you do when you have a new signing, you you watch literally everything they do just to see what they like. And yeah. I was watching him against Harrogate and his and against Forest Green, his movement and the balls he was putting through to Swan and uh, not Swan, Swan were for Forest Green away. But for Key Lord Dawn and Aikens, we're, we're, we're quality. And to be yeah, fair, definitely. We've got it all over the pitch. We actually have got a lot of quality. And I, I was going to say this earlier, but when you look at our bench for Saturday, you'd say at least three or four of them getting majority of the teams starting 11 in this league, which is unbelievable, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, credit to, like, Carolyn and John for backing manager and Nigel and the scouting team for finding these players. You know, I don't think there's there's a poor player amongst them, to be and, honest. Um, and like credit, you say, it's your biggest headache. Credit to David Sharp as well. We won't forget about him for building yeah. some of this squad as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's done nothing but help. And I, I'm sure he probably still does help in his own little ways. Um, but yeah, so that pretty much wraps us up. Reedy's Really thinks we're going to win 4-1. Ollie Clark's going to get man at match because they can see goals at the back. And um, Ash has put that his little lad's going to be mascot um, on Saturday. So I hope he really enjoys it, mate. And if he wants to go down and kick a few Salford players, cause a couple of injuries to goalkeeper and stuff, we won't complain, mate. But I hope he has a good day. And, you know, last from us here, um, it's nice to see the club have recognised the hard work that Proud Stags, Kieran and Terry have done. And, Kieran's been selected to receive a rainbow EFL match ball for his commitment. So, you know, that's really nice. And hopefully he gets his ball signed and gets to display it up quite nice. So, you know, Kieran, if you hear this back or you're listening, mate, congratulations and well done. So thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week, hopefully after three points, a big own win. And remember, if you're there this Saturday, get behind them and let's make Fortress Mill a reality right thanks everyone see you later Laters. cheers Harry cheers Rich see ya yeah. this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com visit to download your spaces today